You are now listening to the I'm Not Supposed to Be Here podcast. What's up, everybody? Hope you've had a great weekend. Um, man, life has just been flying by, it feels like. But I'm very excited to have you guys listen to a conversation between me and my good friend Nate Devon. Um, known him for about six years. Um, we met in Portland, Oregon. Uh, he was just a young buck back then, but to see him grow and, and see how far he's come in, in life and in his career and in his business has been super fun to watch. So I'm excited for you guys to get to know him a little bit better and hear his story. Um, so yeah, that's about it. Um, hope you have a great week. Encourage everybody around you. Be nice to yourself. And we'll talk again soon. But first, I need to give a huge shout out to Dead Happy Co. I know you guys have seen the new branding and the new logo and the overall vibe that season two has brought. And a lot of you guys have commented on it and, and I'm super stoked for exploring what this season holds. And it wouldn't be possible without the very cool Dead Happy Co. It's a woman and queer owned branding studio based out of Portland, Oregon. Using bold and fearless creative, uh, Dead Happy Co. strives to create brand identities that aren't afraid to stand out and make a statement. They are now accepting new partnerships, and I know a few of you guys have already inquired about it. So if you're interested, please check them out at dead.happy.co on Instagram. That's D-E-A-D dot H-A-P-P-Y dot C-O on Instagram. Again, huge shout out to Dead Happy Co. Can't wait to see what we do in the future. What's up, Nate? How you been, my man? I've been good, bro. Thanks for having me on this. Appreciate you. Thank, thank you for taking the time, especially with, with two kids and, and being successful. <laughs> I know trying to find time is, is tough, so I want you to know it's not lost on me and excited to, to talk to you and, and catch up a bit. Yes, sir. No, no worries, man. I'm, I'm happy to do it. Appreciate it. Um, cool. Well, let's, let's get right into it. Do you mind telling everybody a little bit about Nate Devon? Yeah. Where do I start? Yeah. Uh, probably dad first. So <laughs> nice. I just celebrated five years married with my wife on the 22nd. So that's pretty crazy. Thank yeah, you. Man. Thank you. So we had two kids. One's about to be five and one's about to be one. So pretty wide age gap but yeah i'd say dad dad first that's definitely uh takes up a lot of my time and then just kind of passionate about my my job so mm -hmm. uh, number one kind of the breadwinner job for me right now is, is working for adidas uh where i'm a mm -hmm. project manager um in the graphic t-shirt team and so i've been with that that brand for six years and that's that's where we met obviously mm -hmm. um and then uh my kind of side hustle uh passion of devo customs where you know i create majority like a hand painted uh, garments for customers. And uh, that's been a six year journey as well has been super fun and had a lot of uh, ups and downs along the way. Um, but yeah, just kind of continuing to try to grow that into more of a brand expanding into digital arts, new mediums, airbrushing all that. So that's definitely been a fun, fun part of my life as well. And then other than that, just a just a dude who <laughs> enjoys sports and, and hanging out with people. So Love it. Yeah. Yeah. Those are all things that I'm sure we'll jump into and I'm, I'm excited to jump into. And actually, I meant to, I meant to bring it out. I have like a few OG Devo custom pieces from back, back in the day that I, I wanted to, to show you, but I'll do that after, after the call. But yeah, man. It, and 
before we get into it, watching you kind of grow as as a dad and as a husband and even in the career from afar, dude, has been it's been a privilege. So I just want you to know that. But yeah, man. So appreciate it. I started this podcast. I'm not supposed to be here. Season two. So so yeah, so going into the the interview, what about that phrase, I'm not supposed to be here, resonates with you the most and, and kind of tell me more about what that journey's like for you. Yeah, I think for me, it's weird. I haven't really encountered it with sort of like an imposter syndrome kind of way, but more so like the classic growing up biracial and just like kind of navigating that. Um, and, you know, definitely hit me in like middle school. I felt like where I kind of understood that race was a thing and that, you know, who I hung out with and who I was around, I would be perceived a different way. Um, and it was all learning moments. Like I definitely kind of got bullied from both sides where, you know, I was like way, way too white to hang out with, you know, some of the black kids. And then like, I'd get comfortable with white people and they'd like tell racist jokes around me and stuff and pretend to ask me to like laugh along. And so yeah. I've kind of, kind of postured to, to both sides and I felt like wasn't truly, you know, becoming myself. Um, and so I think that's when I think of the phrase initially of I'm not supposed to be here. It's just kind of where I felt at certain times. And yeah, I think it started with middle school. And I mean, I still even think about it today. Like it's something that's on my mind. How will I be perceived in this space and, and all of this kind of with the, the conversation we've been having in 2020. And, but yeah, it's, it's been interesting, but I mean, I think I'm also in a really good spot now to where I'm just really comfortable in my own skin um, and just being who I am and being myself unapologetically. Um, and so that's, that's been good. And then also just trying to instill that confidence into my sons who are both, uh, my wife is white will be our biracial. So, um, yeah, I think, you know, having those kind of awareness and conversations early to where hopefully they can kind of ease, you know, the transitions that I felt, you know, early in life. So we'll see how that goes. It's a tall order. <laughs> that's kind of the, the benefit of, even though it's tough for you passing on, that knowledge and, and those experiences to your kids is, you know, invaluable. And then so, you know, you've done a great job and I know you're still learning as, as we all are, but I think the kids will be all right. <laughs> but yeah, dude, talk to me more. What about your career? Like I, I know when I met you back, back in the day, intern life, trying to figure out what your career held. I think you were fresh out of college even, and then also doing this stuff on the side when it was, you just starting. So can you talk to me more about like what that was like for you and, and kind of figuring all that stuff out at the same time? For sure. Yeah. Yeah. So where should I start? I mean, in college, so I, okay. So I grew up in Minneapolis, Minnesota, mm -hmm. you know, three sport athlete in, in high school. And then I got into University of Portland. I ran track. And then my dad at the time, he was a professor at University of St. Thomas. And so I got a tuition reciprocity um, to go to University of Portland. So I, I tell that to, to, to show that, you know, how, that's how I got to Portland. And then when I got to Portland, I knew that both Nike and Adidas were there. And so I, had to, I made him a mission to get a job at, at one of those two companies. And so my junior year, I was actually able to get an internship at Nike and Nike Golf. And that was tough because i mean i've never golfed at my life at all before. <laughs> how did to ask i was like what was what was yeah. your experience with golf like before you took it i actually have a funny story so probably second first or second day mm -hmm. i meet the vp of golf and i go up to him i shake his hand or whatever and he goes how's your game and i'm like I mean, it's pretty good. Like I have a girlfriend, like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, 
he just kind of smiled and like he played it off like he was a cool dude like right uh, you know but i like that just showed me like man i have a lot to learn <laughs> so i guess that was yeah my first sort of corporate experience and yeah i learned a lot I learned how to make myself valuable in a place where i didn't even know um mm-hmm. you know about and, and ended up you know doing well excelling but left that internship or it expired and then i had my senior year of college and then right after that like adidas had always been on my mind and you know it just felt smaller it felt kind of more on the the rise mm-hmm. you know i definitely have like an underdog mentality but like i would rather be on a team that you know is trying to come from behind and catch up than just kind of winning winning on top and trying to continue to win um and that's just me i understand like there's other perspectives to look at it but but i would what i was able to do was leverage that nike experience to get to adidas and then yeah so adidas I got there, obviously, eyes wide, intern life. Um, I met graphic designers for the first time. Um, mm-hmm. And that's where it really struck me. Like, I also, mind you, this whole time in high school and my whole life, like, I've loved art and just drawing and painting. I did a fine arts minor in, in college. So a graphic design role at Adidas seemed like the perfect dream. You know, sports, huge part of my life. Uh, one of the best sports brand in the world. And then art. So, yeah, that's where I wanted to then pursue graphic design. But you know, I was going up against people and maybe that's another way this phrase plays, plays in, but, you know, I was going up against other candidates who had gone to art school for two years, had come from other very accomplished agencies and brands. And, you know, there was me and I, like, I was good. I had raw talent, but I would have to, mm-hmm. I didn't have any of those technical skills in terms of the Photoshop still don't, um, you know, <laughs> illustrator, all of that stuff. So it would, it would take a lot to take a bet on me. Yeah. That's when I was like, I got to do something different to show that, you know, I have that artistic touch or whatever, but I just don't have the technical skills to do that. And that's where I kind of stumbled into painting on garments to show, you know, I can, I can put the art on the shirt. I just can't do all that stuff in between. And so I I painted on the shirt, posted on Instagram, uh, you know, got a lot of attention or whatever. And then that's when like, it switched for me for like, not, you know, using this as leverage to get the Adidas job, but just doing this as my, my side hustle. And so yeah, from then on, 2016, just kind of kept kept building. Family and friends definitely started first. Again, yeah, you were one of the first customers ever. And yeah, just kind of organically started building to where, to where I'm at now. And yeah, it's been quite the journey, man. Super fun. So no, I appreciate it. So I guess I didn't really know this. So with Devo Customs, was that like before you got at Adidas or did... I started in September of 2016. So I've been an intern since June. So like I was at Adidas... Like the normal internship program like went through like it was like two months or whatever. So right. it started in June, ended in August, and like I got a contract and I'm still trying to figure it out. And that's where I was like, right. my contract was was with graphics, met the graphic yeah. designers. I was like, this is dope. I want to be yeah. part of this. And then that sparked me starting Devo Customs got to it. try to get the job there, but then it turned into Devo Customs. So going into maybe fast forward it a little bit, but when did you realize that the Devo Customs things were starting to take off and and obviously you still have your day job, but you're like, oh, this is people are are, are liking it. They're getting a lot of positive feedback. What was kind of the first feeling that you got where you're like, oh, this is something that I can actually like turn into something really, really special. Yeah, man. And I'm lucky that it happened really early. You know, I'd only yeah. done a couple of pieces. I think it was actually my my first piece I made, um, but it was of Lil Yachty. Um, and so like one of my favorite artists definitely at the time. Um, and that was like my first piece that I actually hand painted on, on a jacket. Yeah. But anyways, he puts out a tweet and he's like, fans send me anything. 
And so like, of course I, I sent the jacket. I was like, Oh, this is perfect. For some reason did not put my name or anything to trace back <laughs> to my business in there. Like, I don't know what I was thinking. I literally put this shirt in there. Like I had like wow. just totally had a lapse or was like distracted or something, but anyways, yeah. shipped it out. And then I'm on a plane and I'm, we're boarding, we're about to take off. And my friend hits me and says, check out Lil Yachty's Snapchat stories. Yeah. And then like, I'm going through, he's dancing, whatever. And then he's just got a photo of my jacket there with like fire emojis or something. And I'm like, wow. dang, that's crazy. And, uh, that was just like the validator for me. I was like, yeah. you know, someone like that, like with that type of audience sees my art as valuable, then like, yeah. I should keep pursuing this. And so I'd say that was the first moment. And of course, like I didn't get any like cloud off that or anything. Cause I did, of course I hit him up on like Snapchat story, but I'm just like another fan. Like right. I can't claim that it was actually me, but like to uh, this day, they'll know still nothing, still not nothing to this day. So, okay. So that's wild. So, okay. So that's kind of when you're like, Oh, there might be something here. And then tell me kind of the next steps on, on, on how you kind of grew that or use that momentum to kind of grow the business. Yeah. So that was just kind of a confidence thing. And then, right. I, you know, I posted it and then I had a lot of support from, you know, friends and family early. And so I was doing those pieces. I think what was big for me in terms of like real growth was like using influencer marketing. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think one of some of my early ones where I did one for um, the guy who runs Portland gear. Um, mm-hmm. So Marcus Harvey just cold emailed him like, Hey, you know, can I make you a jacket? And yeah. would you post it? And then he's like, yeah, of course. And so I, I did that. Got like, you know, a bunch of new followers, a um, bunch of new clients and stuff like that. Uh, one that's really random that actually got me like a ton of followers was I did one for a Kid Cudi fan page that had like, I don't know, like 70K followers or something. And the yeah. guy's like, man, your stuff's dope. Like, can I, can you do one? And then that one, that one got a lot. And so just kind of finding little things like that, right? Like yeah. um, just people who have bigger followings that I could actually get in touch with and, and make them pieces and I would do it for free. So, I mean, like right. there's a couple that I tried where they didn't even post it or they posted on their story for like five hours or something like that. And so like right. that, it came with some win- wins and losses, but the wins were big wins. And yeah. like, I think with the Marcus Harvey one what was really dope is that a year and a half later, like that kind of started our relationship and like, I yeah. still like text him now and stuff. And he's, he's a really dope dude. Definitely like a mentor uh, in my eyes. But mm-hmm. uh, a year and a half after I had done that initial jacket for him, he hits me up out of the blue and saying like, I showed your stuff to CJ um, and CJ McCollum. So he's on the Pelicans now. I was just watching right. him tonight, but he was on the bla- longtime blazer. And I got yeah. to do, uh, I think I've done almost 10 pieces for him over the course yeah. of like, couple of years and so that was that's another big name obviously um other another super cool dude but i tell that story just to say like you know someone's trying to start with the influencer marketing thing like that started with the initial cold email to marcus right and then a year and a half later like sometimes it takes time for your network to kind of pay off in that way and not that i was expecting it to pay off like that um and then that got me with cj and then so on and so forth so uh, yeah, that's that's just why I tell that story. But no, yeah, I appreciate yeah. it. And then you talked a little bit about wins and losses. And so I think also to kind of go to tell like the full story, like yeah, these are all big wins and, and steps that are that are being made to like gain momentum and to keep it going. But I'm sure there there's a lot of like dead periods or times when you're like, hey man, I, I don't know if this is gonna really pan out or I don't know how much longer the the hype is gonna be sustainable. Um, can you tell me about those moments as well? hundred percent. Yeah. And 
there were definitely those. Um, you know, it's funny. I, I actually always have had something to work on in, in the pipeline. Um, yeah. You know, whether it was, I've been fortunate enough to have that. Um, and kind of what gets me through those is that like, and for everybody listening, like I, I would be doing art anyways, right? Like it's right. what I'm passionate about. It's what I would be doing, um, you know, all up all into my life. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's just a bonus, you know, that I can kind of make a business off of it. And so, even when it has been more dead or I don't have, you know, something super cool to work on. If I'm, if I'm making like a jacket for my grandpa that, that no one will understand, but him and I'm just, right. it's not like, I'm happy, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. it's fun. So, um, that, that has kind of gotten me through those, those lows and, you know, losses. So you could say, yeah. um, but like another, like way I got through was get through stumps is like starting like a new medium. So, in 2021, actually, I did for the first time have nothing in the pipeline. Um, right. It was super random because, like, you know, I, I built my my brand to a pretty substantial point at that end. But mm-hmm. and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to experiment. And so that's when I picked up bleach and started doing more bleach pieces instead mm-hmm. of painting. So if you if you're not not um, on video, like, I basically take bleach and I put it on like a black T-shirt and it makes you know it's gold and then I can kind of make a design out of that. Um, and it's turned out to be like a massive win. Like most of my commissions now are these, these bleach pieces. And so, um, you know, that, that might be another way, you know, someone is feeling kind of in a rut or something or feeling slow with their their passion, just picking up a new medium that still like relates back to your passion. Um, yeah, you just never know what can happen. So you, you talked about when you, you were into like this graphic design for all at Adidas, and you are up against kind of the the art art school students or people that had a lot more experience in the technical area. Do you feel like you maybe there was a bit of like an anxiety of like always having to to worry about if you're going to be cut at any point because like you weren't as good as somebody else was? Definitely. So I can remember a time. So there was a, a designer, uh, Brandon Biddleman, and uh, you know him and I. He was a graphic designer, hit it off early, and like you know he was super into like just trying to get everyone to be creative and draw. And like, he saw that I, I had that passion and he invited me to make this kind of Adidas mural uh, that they would use as the backdrop for like their kind of creator brand direction video, something, you know, that they showed to the corporate, the whole corporate um, offices. Right. And he invited me and we go to this, I, I show up, I go to this warehouse and like, it's me and like a bunch of other Adidas designers there. And yeah, for the first time I felt this kind of like, like I walk in and these two designers are having a really in-depth conversation about art and like <laughs> the symbolisms and the, you know, the, yeah. I, like, I don't even know. And like, that's when I was like, I don't know if I should be here and working on this mural with them. <laughs> like, right. And, uh, and then one of the design directors, super cool dude was like, yo man, you're, you're and like, I, I had like a pen in my hand to like go up and draw. And like, I just didn't like, I'm like, I just didn't know what to Gross. put anywhere. I didn't want to mess yeah. anything up because it was a very right. freestyle mural where anyone could mm. add anything. And uh, the director comes up and he's like, yo, man, just like, just do it. Just draw, man. Like, we, you know, we brought you here. Like, uh, you're overthinking it. And then, and yeah. I was like, man, like he was right. And like from that moment on, like, you know, I drew a bunch of stuff and like, yeah. we looked at it at the end and everyone was like, whoa, who drew that one over there? Oh, wow. Oh, I did. <laughs> so like so that, that was definitely some more validation, but, but like, yeah, first, first getting there. And like, I, de- I remember that to this day, like I had, I was just frozen at the wall with my pen and everyone was yeah. probably looking at me like, who is this kid? 
but yeah, no, yeah, that was, that was one of those experiences for sure. And I think that's kind of one of the, the main themes of, of the podcast is like, it's a wild time when you're in those rooms and you're like, oh, all of these people, like they belong here. I'm the one that, that is the odd man out. But then, yeah, similar to, to kind of when you get up there, you freeze a little bit, but something inside of you or somebody's like, hey man, like just do you. And it's like, okay. And then you do it. And then, yeah, kind of that validation. Remember means, why they brought you there, right? Like, it's just like, yeah. Bro, you're, bro, you're overthinking it. We're talking about football here. Like, yeah, that's probably exactly. But yeah, man, you have definitely one of the crazier stories in terms of like switching roles. And like, yeah, yeah, that definitely is like, I think everyone says you can do that at these companies, but it's a lot harder than you think it is. And like, you need the timing to, to, to turn up. And like the people, like, I remember that was, in my opinion, one of the bigger lies of college of like, oh, you can switch majors at any time. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, yeah, if I want to be here for six years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. I remember they were like, every college we went to was like, oh, we're so flexible. You can switch. And like, that's what it's like in the corporate world too. It's, it's yeah. hard. Like, I think that's when people network with me and like, I, I don't necessarily give the advice of like, just try to get in and you can get anywhere just because like, it's, I know it's hard, but like, I know it is also possible at the same time. And when like, and I bring up examples like yours to where, yeah. you know, it, it, it can happen. So. I think the, the the takeaway from that is like you have to just really a believe in yourself and your abilities right. and mm-hmm. know what you want to do and then just fight for it. Like you're going to hit a lot of walls and you're going to hear a lot of no's, but eventually, like especially if you continue to not be discouraged and you continue to grow, I think some similar to like you were like you kept continuing to level up. And, and I think it, even if you hear no's, like that's a learning opportunity. So figure out like how to overcome those. And then eventually you're, you're going to be able to break through. And, but I mean, it's, it's hard to sell that to people because, you know, especially kids uh, that are in college that are like bright eyed, like you said you were, and they're like, oh, I can't wait to get into these major companies and it's going to be so easy. And it's like, yeah, but it's also going to be kind of hard. And but yeah, it's all about belief in yourself and just be willing to to work really hard because I think there's a lot of times that I was like, I don't, I don't have it in me. Like, I just don't want to continue to work this hard if I'm going to continue getting no's. But that's kind of what separates the people that do make it and the people that are like, nope, I'm going to stay in supply chain. <laughs> it's like, all right, right. Well, it's really up to you. All right. So, so a little bit about the mental aspect of it, of, of having the imposter syndrome and then kind of overcoming that and gaining confidence and validation from, you know, people that are in positions to tell you that like, Hey, you're there for a reason. And, and you, you know, you have it in you just do you, how do you take that to like the next level? I know you, you talked about your, your, like the pandemic happened. I know you got into the TikTok was a big deal for you. Can, and can you tell me about what that was like for you and continue to like use that as an opportunity to continue growing? Yeah, man. No, I think it just, it, it goes back to like why influencer marketing was a big deal. It was just like finding where attention is underpriced for your brand. And so like, at that time, Instagram 2017, there was still a ton of organic reach. Like if someone would post your work who had a following, like they would actually follow you and stuff like, cause people were just right. trying to follow people and, and around their interests. And so, um, that was like, when you look at kind of the ROI behind it and just like the ROI of like eyeballs that were getting on my work, like it was, it was definitely that. And so, mm-hmm. um, but, and then, so the same thing when I saw TikTok and then what I heard about TikTok is like newer platform you know, newer audience. Um, there's still a ton of that organic reach because they're trying to get people that get on the app, use the app. Um, because I mean, let's be, let's be honest, these are businesses. They want mm-hmm. 
people on the app so then they can give them ads. And so that's why you see the organic reach of Instagram going away because they have a ton of people on the app and now they want people to pay for ads uh, to use. So yeah, anyways, long, long way of saying, you know, it's a, it's, it was a, the opportunity and uh, the underpriced opportunity. Like I'm, I'm one who's kind of more scrappy and will, you know, make a video that people might laugh at to where like knowing that it could, you know, do something for my brand. Like I'm going to make that, that time investment. And so, yeah, TikTok was huge. I think, you know, definitely sucked at it early on, like trying to understand it. Um, but yeah. that's, that's what you have to do. You just kind of have to create. And then I got one that my first one where I just kind of showed the whole process of me painting a jacket for an NBA player for, uh, yeah. so for George Niang, he's on the Sixers now. Um, but like from me getting the jacket to painting it, to walking and meeting him and giving it to him. And like, I kind of posted that whole process. And then that one got like 400,000 views or something. And I got like 5,000 followers in that day. And I was like, okay, I got to keep doing this. <laughs> you yeah. know, I just got to keep it. And then that was the formula and still is kind of like, I feel like people want to see from artists that whole process. Cause no one yeah. sees that behind the scenes of how you made it and then giving it to the person and they might just see, you know, the finished work in a museum. Right. And so I think mm -hmm. that was like the value I was giving that person. And so like, and that's the other thing, like I think of the value in my content for other people. Like, I think that's a good way to frame it. Like, is it kind of like when you're scrolling, is it going to educate you? Is it going to entertain you in some way? Like give you some kind of escapism, whether that's humor, you know, good music, whatever it might be, uh, educate you, entertain you, make you laugh, like what's in it for them. And so like, that's why I think for me, my biggest kind of winners have been these how-to videos um, because it's just, yeah, it's giving the other person value. And so kind of taking that formula and then posting a ton, like pandemic, you know, had a ton of time on my hands, especially early on. And right. I posted, I tried to post three times a day for like, I probably did that for like five or six months. And of course I had ones that did horrible. And then I had ones that did great. And like, I think that consistency just kind of helped build it up. And I'm trying to get back to that flow. Like I've been kind of lax on my content recently, just because I don't know. I'm just, I don't know, taking a break or whatever, but, yeah. um, uh, but yeah, I think like that's, that's really what helped with the TikTok for sure. TikTok in general in the pandemic was like the perfect storm. And then, mm -hmm. I mean, creators finally had a platform where you can get discovered, not only like artists, but like musicians, you see all those first challenges and all those artists that probably would never get a chance to, to be big or have it, within a year or two, TikTok came out of nowhere. And now new creators that are, are making a living now. And then I look at, at you. I mean, like I've known you from kind of the beginning of, of at least the Devo Customs journey. And then to see you like hop on and then like be successful. I'm like, oh, cool. Because like you were saying, the audience, they want to know the process. They want to know the person behind the art. And they want to see like what goes into all of it. And I was lucky enough to kind of get that firsthand just by knowing you and working with you and being kind of in your atmosphere. But then this is a, a great person, great art. Like I, I see the whole full picture, but then now using a platform like TikTok to allow everybody else around the world to have insights to that, it's going to make a bigger impact. Facts. No. Yeah. I, and, you know, going back to like the behind the scenes, like I show, I mean, I would show everything, me packing it up, me shipping it, me like, you know, getting all my materials right, uh, me messing up even like, you know, I messed yeah. up on this one. Like, you know, yeah, yeah. Just people want to see it and interact with it. And so I think, yeah, offering that transparency, uh, especially on that app has been great. It's been so cool to kind of like see you from afar, to see it like come to life and 
without getting like too sappy, but like personally and professionally, like seeing the growth it's crazy how life works. Yeah. Okay. So kind of wrapped up how you got to where you are now, but tell me a little bit more about what's next. Yeah, man. I, I mean, the short answer is probably just like chasing my passion and that's, you know, yeah. on the art, art list in sports. And so continuing my career with, with, with Adidas or in the sports industry and trying to continue to grow, grow that and, yeah. um, you know, take on more projects I'm really interested in and, and stuff like that. Um, and then, yeah, on the, on the, you know, Devo Customs front, continuing to, to grow there. Um, you know, I've gotten pretty interested in NFTs lately and I actually dropped a collection of my own. And, uh, I just see that as a big, big opportunity, um, to really kind of like, I don't know, get some sort of like state because I mean, the goal of this is to make it my full time thing at some point. That's right. going to take a long time. Like this, this doesn't come with benefits. Like I've done all right, <laughs> yeah. but this, there's no, yeah. there's no benefits with this. There's it's, it's not as consistent as something else. Um, yeah. And I feel like NFTs, it could be an avenue to, to get it to that place. Um, and, you know, I still have a lot to learn um, and, you know, everything hasn't been great, but I do have some collectors that I'm super grateful for. I think I've, I've yeah. sold like five pieces now. Um, and so that's, that's exciting. Um, but yeah, I, I see it as an avenue to kind of continue to like own and, and build on top of my brand. Um, I don't know if, if someone who isn't super familiar is listening in, but you know, what, I, what I'm trying to do with this like digital art is basically create like a customer loyalty program around my brand. And so like, I, I am making like, in my opinion, beautiful art pieces, <laughs> uh, yeah. But it's not just that, like there's whole utility behind them. And like, you know, as a holder of one of these art pieces, every year you can enter to win either a, a denim jacket, um, custom denim jacket or custom bleach tee. Uh, mm. And you're only competing amongst other holders. And so that's a pot of five people right now. Yeah. So like your chances are pretty high. Um, yeah. and so I'm trying to keep it rare and keep it small and then, you know, eventually kind of build it out. But you know, I'm trying to trying to give that utility up front, like to, mm. you know, show people I'm serious about this. And then, you know, ideally kind of building like, you know, some like loyal customers. And if I, you know, continue to expand and do a merch drop of some sort, giving yeah. merch to those people. Um, and then like that drives the demand of the NFTs and then vice versa. And so like, you know, trying to, it's in an environment where like everyone's intentions are aligned, um, which is yeah. really exciting. And so like when I saw that and I saw other artists like going crazy with, with NFTs and, you know, it changed, like literally changing their life. I was like, this, you know, this might be the thing. And so, yeah, long way of saying, you know, that's what I'm interested, I think, in, you know, short term. Um, but yeah, just continuing to build a brand overall. So, you know, whether that be merchandise again down the, down the road, um, just picked up airbrushing, just continuing to expand the brand where it's not just custom custom jackets anymore but just like yeah. an art brand and devo customs so yeah you know, i'm trying to get good at it and i think it could just add a whole nother layer of of like to my to my art and um yeah, yeah like i'm just experimenting man and like trying to find a style and i think another thing that i think is next is like trying to do more collaborations with brands like yeah. um i was lucky enough to have one already with with the new york islanders which was kind of oh, a big yes. milestone for me but like yeah, the Islanders thing, I, I meant to ask about that too. Like, how did that come about? Yeah, um, so TikTok. <laughs> they reached out oh, wow. after one of my, my TikTok videos went viral. And they were like, you know, how, like, what can we do? Like, how can we yeah. work? And like, Dope. 
I pretended to have like a strategy or they asked me, how do you, or how do we collaborate with you? Right. And like, <laughs> uh, they probably expected me to have like some kind of handbook of like, this is all the stuff right. I do. Here are my price points. But like, yeah, yeah. I, I just like behind the scenes figured out, I was like, what if we did a giveaway? Cause I do one of ones, right. I don't do mm. right now, you know, like big, like runs of, of art or streetwear or something like that. Right. And so, yeah, I was like, you know, what if I did a one of one giveaway and, you know, we can drive, you know, interest and engagement on both of our platforms around it. And they're like, yeah, that sounds dope. And so yeah. made, made the piece, you know, had to write a contract and all that stuff, which was like intimidating. I mean, that's probably another <laughs> one that goes yeah. back to the phrase. Uh, but it was fun. You know, I, I watched YouTube to, to learn how to do that. And it was, you know, felt really official. Um, sent it through. And then the art was the easiest part of it was just right. like actually making the art. It was like, and then, yeah, the, the giveaway dropped, uh, did pretty well. They had yeah. 5,000 people sign up to win one of, one of my pieces of art, which was like pretty wild to me. Um, yeah. And like, I, I think like, hopefully that's just the beginning of, of some other collaboration. So super dope, man. Super proud of you as well. All right, dude, last question. So obviously a lot of tons of growth, not only in the last six years, but throughout your life. But if you could go back in time and have a conversation with you at any point of your life, uh, what's the, the, the advice that you would give yourself? You know, I think it goes back to probably one of the first things I said, it's just like, you know, be yourself and like, don't, don't be afraid to be yourself. And, you know, I definitely did, you know, a lot. And, and the photo I sent you is kind of an example of me just like being my, like in that photo when I'm little like that, I'm just being myself. And like, I try yeah. to like think of myself as a little big kid. Like when you're a yeah. kid, you're just fearless. You just, you know, right. you just, you're just, all you know is being yourself, you know? And so like, I, I try to try to unlock that. Um, and so that's probably what I would tell, tell myself, chase, chase my passions, you know, and, and be myself, you know, regardless of, of what's going on. So. Dude, love it. And, and, you know, this has been amazing. Again, I, I know you got two jobs, two kids, a life. And so t- taking the time out to, to talk to me, man, is, uh, I really appreciate it. Um, yeah. Any, any final words? Final words? No, I mean, just if anyone's listening, yeah, just, I think chase your passions, you know, I think Matt is someone who's done that, done that as well. Right. Like passion is what led to you making passion for the game of football and what you wanted to do yeah. led to you making that, you know, we talked about like, there's going to be barriers. There's going to be lots of no's. And like, that's, I, I think of it, passion as like the gas in your vehicle to get from point yeah. A to point. And like, that's been the gas of this entire brand that started with 80 followers or whatever. So <laughs> yeah. um, that's kind of what I leave everyone with is just find that passion and, and continue to chase it yeah i mean you gotta you gotta fall in love with the work i think that's kind of the other thing too is that like if you you gotta have passion but you gotta like just love love the game love love it and then you know it'll it'll work for you eventually but again appreciate you very very much um all the all the love to the family and we'll make sure they stay in contact a little bit yeah dude appreciate you of course bro thank you so much